And here we are. Hey. Hello. We're here. I'm Chris. And I'm Sarah. And you're with Chris and Sarah. Wear Wear the the pants. pants. (laughs) And we're back. So... So good to be here. Another blue sunny day in Sydney. This is why I moved here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Gorgeous day. You look stunning. Oh, do I mean a trackies again, Sarah? Yeah, and I'm, I think in, I'm the, once again in a dress. A dress and a jumper. <laughs> I do think um, red, the colour red, really does a certain je ne sais quoi for me. I don't think it's a je ne sais quoi because I think you know exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> what is it then? I think it's powerful. It's I think a powerful colour. It's, it's a powerful colour. It suits you. It does pop. It's great. I, I think it pops a bit. Yeah, I think... Uh, the tradition of starting the podcast with what we look like, even though it's a audio. It's irrelevant, isn't it? Yeah. It's so irrelevant, mm. but it kind of brings me into the room. It certainly brings me very much into the space. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Oh, my Lord. I am looking up. Yeah. I, I'm feeling good. Okay. Um, I, I've been doing a lot of walking by the mm-hmm. river. Great. I've extended my walk. Yesterday mm-hmm. I did a lot of uh, walk, steps, I believe they're called. And, uh, <laughs> like one, one foot in front of the other, calculated I don't fire. mean to get technical. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm not a doctor. I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> I'll, I'll Google it and tell you about it later. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm going good, Sarah. What about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. I've been working on uh, our show – well, not our, well, my show mm. uh, for 2024. Can you believe it? It's Mm-mm. already it's already coming around. Very exciting. Cannot uh, believe it. And we will soon be announcing uh, some shows around the country, and I'm not – I'm not giving any further details. Oh, is that right? Listening. I think. I, okay, we don't need to give a big lead time. Is that what you're thinking? I'm thinking give a huge lead time. Okay, well, so what, next week? We'll yeah. Because <laughs> even then, that'll be like three weeks in the future. Do you it know will. what I mean? Absolutely. Maybe we should mention it now. Maybe we should. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so uh, do you remember the dates, though? Because I don't. No. We just have uh, our first ever live podcast recording of Chris and Sarah wear the pants. We do. In Canberra and Newcastle, my hometown, your hometown. Coming up in November. Isn't that exciting? I think it's November 17 in Canberra and a couple of weeks before that it's in... I want to say November the 5th. In Newcastle, yeah. yeah. So are we doing, we're doing a split show called Before Shot mm-hmm. 2, mm-hmm. this time it's personal, mm-hmm. which is <laughs> you and I doing our rawest material for next year's festival season. Mm-hmm. Mine, of course, hasn't even been written. Um and then we'll have a little break and then podcast recording yep, live. Live podcast. Can you believe? So excited. So for the love of all that is decent people, if you or you, anyone you know lives in, in Newcastle or Canberra, uh, please get onto our socials and um, keep an eye out for when the tickets on, go on sale. Yeah, we will also announce that. Mm. Very exciting. I can't believe it. You know, it turns out you can just say I'm doing this and then do it. Doesn't mm. mean you're going to sell tickets or be successful mm. or make money, but you mm. can still do it and that's what you wanted to do. Absolutely. Right? I think it's great. I think that's the way to do it, honestly, because mm. if you're waiting around for people to hand you opportunities, oh. uh, it's just it's not going to happen. It won't. Mm, absolutely. And I'm learning the older I get, this is the same for almost every professional field. Mm. Like uh, I was talking to someone who is in like film and videography and they're just like, yep, you know, it's not like – uh, everyone gets all sorts of opportunities. You just have to keep making stuff. You have to keep doing stuff yourself, yeah. and then you know eventually. People I like that attitude. Mm, I think it's great. That gives hope. You know, it does. And we got to keep creating. You can't just sit around going, "Well, no one's paying me, so I'm not going I to mean, do anything." To be fair, we do a fair <laughs> bit of that. I do that most of the time. <laughs> we get a nice shiraz, and we're like, "What the fuck's going on?" 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's true. Um, have you uh, read or consumed anything this week? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> not that I recall. That's mm. worth mentioning, really. Are you still on Succession? Yes, I am. It's the longest TV series on the earth. Are but you... finally, I'm in season four, which is wow. the final season. Wow. Are you are you consistently enjoying it? I do enjoy it, but I f- I'm exhausted. I fall asleep uh, during it, and so I have to you know, go back. Do you do that thing where you wake up with a jolt when there's like a yelling argument yes. on the TV and you're like, where am I and why yeah. are people yelling I at my house? I do love an afternoon nap watching something. It That's, doesn't happen very mm. often, but when it happens, the na- the nodding off mm. while the sound of a television chirping in the background, fuck, I love it. Oh, yes, oh, so can good. you imagine it I right now? It. Like I want to do it right now. You could just nod off to the sound of my voice. I could. Mm. Would you let me? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just lie down on my weird memory foam mat. It's a live sleeping <laughs> podcast. I'll tell you what I've started watching is The Bear Season 2 on Disney+. Plus. The Bear is one of my favourite TV shows. It was like Emmy's Big Buzz. What does it mean? What is uh, it? The Bear is uh, the name of the restaurant in the show. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, sort of an ongoing uh, sort great. of visual metaphor, yeah. allegory. Um, okay. it, but it's wonderful. But I was watching The Bear last night. I'm trying to space it out. So I, not, traditionally I would just sit and watch an entire season in a night. But at one point I think uh, the person on the TV activated my Google speaker in another room. Oh, my God. So there was this kind of tense scene happening and then it was sort of silent and there was, all, you know, everyone was tense. And then from the other room my Google speaker goes, that sounds good. Let's have some fun. <laughs> And the way I nearly pissed my pants out of fear. That is And then I was so like, good. there is a ghoul in my kitchen <laughs> whispering to my – and then I was like, someone's at the window whispering to my Google oh, speaker. Oh, that's funny. Modern problems, right? I know. Mm. Have I've we also- – Oh, sorry. I also got to say, I haven't read many books recently, but I have read, I did finish, uh, not that anyone asked, uh, Crying in H Mart, a book by Michelle uh, Zorna, who is the lead singer and guitarist of uh, Japanese Breakfast, if you've ever heard of that band. Uh, You're saying words, I don't know what they mean. This is a book. Great. It's a physical book that I physically read from my physical Something library. Something Japanese Breakfast. That's the name of the band that the author is in. Okay. They're relatively famous. Um, great book. Devastatingly sad. I keep reading sad books. It's a memoir yeah. about uh, growing up Korean American uh, and her losing her mother. God almighty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay. just so sad. So then I had to yeah. put on some happy TV after. Dear me. You know, in my show this year, I asked the audience if anyone meditates mm. and ask them, and then I asked them, um, like, whether they, what, what are they, how's it going? Mm. You know, and they the kind of people that meditate are often very understated people. Mm. And they, they often say really understated things like, it's good or mm. something like that. And I'm always like, you're not selling it. You know, I could have a cakey. Mm-hmm. And feel just as good, I bet. Mm-hmm. Um, you, not, maybe not long term. You literally, I literally just, I brought cakeys home to this podcast recording. I did, and I had a cakey day before yesterday. Fucking changed my mood. It absolutely yeah. can turn a day around. Absolutely. So I guess what I'm just saying is that you know, you and these sad books and the involved storylines, they're not selling it to me. You know mm. what I mean? Like I understand the joy of losing yourself in a book. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm already lost. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Chris Ryan, everyone. <laughs> Thanks very much. Good night. Can I say on meditating, uh, after um, several people suggesting I meditate for approximately the last 20 years of my life, oh, great. I have started uh, using an app that uh, my mother recommended that you also use, as we found out, called Insight Timer. Uh, and... It is – I'm doing a course that's like 10 minutes a day of meditation. Good on you. And it's really hard. It's hard, eh? For me, I cannot sit still. 
like literally now, like I'm constantly moving. Do, do you lie down and do it or do you sit up? Uh, I've been doing it first thing in the morning, sitting up in bed. Okay. Trying not to f- fall back okay. to sleep. Yes. <laughs> um, it's hard, that bit. I'm, I'm truly only a couple of days in and I am enjoying it. Good. But it's... It's really hard. It is hard. Mm. Do you know, it reminds me of when I did yoga as an adult. I just want to flag that I might sneeze in the next minute. Terrific. Can't mm. wait. And <laughs> yoga as an adult, like for an anxious person like myself, mm. the bit where they get you to deep breathe and stuff, it mm. used to make me hyperventilate. Oh, really? Yeah. I used to feel like, I can't breathe. What mm. is going on? You know, yeah. um, it's like that with meditation in your mm. mind. You're like, what? Mm. You, you know, why am I just lying here? My brain is doing anything but yeah. meditating. Mm-hmm. And it, but you are. You, it's the self-awareness that you're getting, mm. I think, is the point. I tried to do today's so while I was doing chores around the house and I'm like, Sarah, this is not what it is. Oh this is God. the exact opposite of what it's supposed to oh, be. Oh, my God, that reminds me. Yeah. Yesterday uh-huh. I had the opportunity to walk – day before yesterday I had the opportunity to walk through Marrickville Metro. Mm. Uh, I'm the same person, guys. I haven't like I haven't changed. Who is she? Yeah. That's a shopping center. I, I'm literally Miranda Kerr now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so – I went into, you know, just to look in mm. some of my favourite A bras. I, I had, had a bras. Are you happy browsing? I had a bras. You had a bras. Yes, thanks. Just looking. Um, and I went into, I don't know how to say this shop. Deck Juba. That's it. How did I fucking know? <laughs> okay, I laughed and spilled coffee. You knew. Yeah. Exactly. Because it's the only unpronounceable shop. It is. And I, my friend calls it Dejuba. Um, but I feel like calling it Deck Juba like you do. But I'm pretty sure that's not Mate, how you call it. The worst part of me would say Dejuba. Oh, but wow. But I, I actually think it's Dejuba. Okay. Mm. Just further to the podcast and meditating and blah. And I think I'm going to – I'm bagsing a bit on this, by the way, because – I'm not going to fight for it. No, no, no. I'm talking to the universe. Okay. Um, walking through this shop, looking at their pants and their tops and that, the fucking music stops and a voiceover, and not a good one either – a very robotic voiceover goes, um, and I'm going to get it wrong, but it was like this. It was like a. It was like, in this busy world, you've got to take time for yourself. <laughs> Experts say the easiest way to do that is in everyday things. So next time you do something that you do every day, like step into a lift, make out like you're doing it for the first time. That's literally what it said. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? If I was me? walking into a lift just for the first time, I'd like fall down the lift shaft. <laughs> I wouldn't trust it. Um- <laughs> Wait, sorry. You're in Deck Juba deck browsing Juba, pants and that are giving- $129.95. Yes. And it's giving me fucking meditation life advice. So I, I walk past the counter and the woman in charge of the shop goes, hi. And I went, hi. I said, geez, um getting uh you know meditation voiceovers in the shops is a bit weird isn't it shows how and she goes hmm and I go shows we really are all going mental aren't we (laughs) what did she say she did not respond no absolutely not on brand (laughs) she just continued steaming clothes I mean, I've literally been her. I used to work in like yeah, retail too. all the time. I worked in retail. But like, and the customers would just say the most insane shit to you and you'd be like, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And, and especially if they were trying to be funny. Yeah. It's like, shut your face. Oh, I guess that one's free. <laughs> Fuck off. Oh, but I don't want, I don't want little snippets of fucking calm 
at the Dick Juba voiceover? I, I think, don't. I think for me the worst is when like they try and just play girls don't want girls want to have fun. That's... Um, and, but like my, sometimes I question, do we? You know what I mean? I don't. Well, I absolutely don't want to have fun. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to read a book. I just want to lie in bed and stare at the window. You want to fall asleep <laughs> mid afternoon to succession. <laughs> That's my perfect dream. I love that. It is, I, love, I that. love that for me. Um, I love it when um, mindfulness and advertising <laughs> meet. You know, like you'll see those ads, and it's just like every day people are suffering, but you don't need to take a moment for yourself. Yeah. It's Telstra. Yeah, and you're fuck like, them. What? Yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> oh lord! We should create fake ads for this podcast. We probably should. That's a good. Well, you did that in your show last year. It's mm. very successful. Oh, thank it's you. It's a good strategy. Yeah. Um, do you have feedback for us to I read? Do. To also, our... when you call it feedback, it makes it sound like oh, what is it? People are telling us what pants they think, mail. What sorry, they think of the podcast. Oh no, no, no! It's not feedback. Sorry, it's pants mail. I, no, I didn't want to like call you out on it, but oh, but you did. Mm. <laughs> pants mail. Of course, we get we get so much pants mail. Oh I love my it. God, it's good. I feel like I was really rude to you to say, and I want to apologize. That I accept your apology. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this is just a little one, which just really made me laugh. Um, This is from Debbie. Uh, She says, I can't figure out why I relate to your humour as a 57-year-old with kids roughly Sarah's age. (laughs) I can. (laughs) We're funny. I think think that's part of it. I think it's a joke. Oh. Yeah. Debbie's literally five steps ahead of you. God. Um, And then she says, I don't care because you're both very relatable. Great. Uh, the reference to Harold Holt being PM last podcast, I think you talked about that, was interesting because doing a Harold Holt is known as doing a Bolt. I was very cl- – I only found this out very recently. And Chris should seriously name her next show Bolt purely based on how funny that was alone. <laughs> <laughs> Love your work. Sarah, keep talking over Chris and Chris, keep <laughs> laughing as you do. Can't believe Wendy finds it annoying. <laughs> Thank you for making my Monday so enjoyable. Oh, Debbie, Debbie. legend. Thank it. you so much. That's just lovely to hear. I love that no one's been more angry. Like people get so angry when on our behalf. Like, yeah, when it's like we, people said we should edit out our laughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's great. Thank you, Debbie. That's Thank you for listening. Uh, we really appreciate you writing in and Chris and Sarah Weatherpants at gmail.com uh, if you have anything you want to say to us at all. So good. So. Is, is that the, the size of the feedback? That's the size oh, not of Not feedback, pants mail. That's the size of today. I wanted That's to keep it short. Great. I wanted to keep it pleasant. Also, we have been, uh, as one listener said, normally we talk for 15 minutes before getting to actual content. It's now 14 minutes Okay, and well, right, right on schedule. <laughs> right on schedule. All right. Well, well, you're up first. Righto. I've got one from a magazine called, and it's another long name <laughs> like you always like to make fun of. This is called Bohemia. The All Australian Literary Magazine. <laughs> that it? Yeah, that's it. That's not that long. It's pretty, that's not that it's long. long. Normally, it's three lines long. Yeah. July nineteen forty. So this is pre-war. Mm-hmm. Page one. Look at us. And it's opinion and editorial. Okay. okay. Now this is. I'm going to say it's pertinent. It's a long one. We'll see how we go. Um, but it's pertinent, I think, to the art scene today mm-hmm. and probably throughout time. Mm-hmm. After having appeared monthly for sixteen months during which time it's taken not an inconsiderable place in the literary life of Australia, Bohemia, with this issue, regretfully ceases publication. The magazine might be regarded to a certain extent as a war casualty, but a big part in the untimely demise of this intellectually healthy youngster has been played by lack of support from advertisers Mm. and the literary public. Mm. We're, we're giving each other knowing nods, aren't mm-hmm. we, and looks. Mm-hmm. Bohemia did its best. 
It set out to champion the product of Australian writers as against imported reading matter and to encourage budding talent. If it has done anything towards those two causes, its brief existence has been amply justified. Some attempt has been made with what success we leave our readers to judge to make Bohemia a representative journal, not only representative of the arts, but also of the varied minds and personalities which are expressing themselves in Australia today. In other words, Bohemia has no prejudices. It set out to allow people to express themselves in whatever manner they chose, so long as it was considered that manner was worth expressing. Bohemia has also, in a sense, been experimental. It's given writers with peculiar st- pe- peculiarities of style and content a chance to try themselves on the public at large, realising that unorthodox, the unorthodox of today may be the orthodox of tomorrow um, and that variety is the spice of literature as well as of life. Some of these experiments have led to controversy, blah, blah, blah. And um, You can read it. It's very interesting. It is interesting. Um, Don't feel like you need okay. to rush. Um, which is a healthy thing for any literature. It proves interest, at least. Whatever else it has been, Bohemia has never degenerated into a pretty literary flower garden. <laughs> Weeds, according to some opinions, may have grown in it at times, certainly, but in the main, its contents have always been vigorous, even bordering now and then, as some readers have thought, on the vulgar. But Bohemia set out to be a fighting force because it was felt that Australians needed waking up to the value of their own literature and that writers also needed to be encouraged to keep on in their endeavours to strengthen Australia's literary position. It was in this fighting spirit that Bohemia threw open its columns to anyone who had anything to criticise, even Bohemia itself, or any constructive opinions about any phase of Australian of writing in Australia. Many people were not slow to avail themselves of that facility, but it was felt that more people had interesting arguments to put forth than availed themselves of the opportunity to do so and refrained, either through diffidence or through fear of offending some particular literary section. Um, Anyway, so basically um, it says... um, Bohemia believes that Australia has a great literary future. Its writers, it seems, are capable of writing anything except checks. But the time will come, we hope, when the Australian public will awaken to the value of their writers and give them the support which they deserve, support which the public now seems to prefer to give to outside writers. In the meantime, Bohemia, ere it retires from the scene, gives its blessing to all who are working to create a vigorous literature for Australia. Can I just say, Bohemia sounds like a really awesome... It does. It's a magazine? Yeah. It's a magazine. And it published like fiction and literary criticism. Mm. Um, didn't get enough advertising. Didn't get enough um, buyers. Okay, yeah. It, it wasn't publishing like important news and politics and all that. Yeah, sort of maybe. Stuff. And also maybe because um, there was a cultural cringe against Australian products. You know, mm. Australian creative yeah. minds. Uh, that's always been the case with Australian literature. I remember studying that at uni. Mm. Um, the cultural cringe was real. We mm. we just thought anything Australian was dumb. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so. I just came across that because you know how we search for these things? I sometimes just type in a word. Yeah. And I typed in opinion because I thought an opinion column would be good. Love that. And then this just popped up and I thought Mm. that's actually really – it's hitting the zeitgeist for me. You know what it immediately made me think of is uh, Tonightly on ABC. Oh, yeah. So Tonightly uh, is – I think it ran until I want to say 2019, Mm -hmm. 2020. 
uh, a program on ABC hosted by Tom Ballard. It was my first TV spot. I was. I know you were so good on that. Oh, thank you. I was a musical guest. Um, and then it ended um, potentially because of low viewership, something like that. Um, but it was one of the only uh, programs on TV where new comedians got could a chance, go on and get a chance and get a TV shop spot, which is so rare <clears throat> and so precious. You didn't have to be like a huge household name to get on there. And they had a really like young, new, dynamic sort of cast of writers and actors. Uh, and it, I'm that immediately yeah, came to mind. Absolutely, mm. and even um, you know, there's been shows come and go, Australian mm. comedy shows on telly, mm. or <clears throat> but even just ticket sales, you know, like mm. it, it went, and and it's fine. Like it's great that international acts are coming back, and I, mm. you know, but at the festival, for example, so many international acts coming, mm. and it just makes it hard as an Australian you know, at a certain level um, mm. of comedy to sell tickets, you know, yeah. it just does, it makes it exactly. harder. So I'm, I'm wondering like what what a copy of Bohemia would look like looks like, yeah. Today or mm. then? Yeah. Um, well, then like I had a little flick through mm. and I actually, because um, I wanted to see what advertising was in there, mm. you know, and it was stuff like news agencies, book publishers and so forth. But um, I'll read out an ad that I actually found in there oh, great. because since we're doing ads New now too. segment. Exactly. So this, and I just, I reckon this, this will pique your interest, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, next to like a, an ad about like li- carpet, carpet and floor coverings for libraries, <laughs> which is wall to wall carpeting, like for, for. Oh, that's only which unique is, to libraries, no other buildings. Well, isn't it but, interesting yeah. to, to mm. try and pitch that into a literary mm. magazine and book binding and news agency. There's an ad and it says Bohemians are invited to use Whitcomb's Writing Room, first floor, 364 Lonsdale Street, a quiet retreat in the city where you can write or read in peace. Uh, writing materials always ready to hand, a showroom of books to browse amongst, come into Whitcomb and Tomes, a skew house, Lonsdale Street, Melbourne, um, where you can go in and, and write, Sarah. Just a quiet room. And they're not charging $500 a day for a desk. Like, <laughs> no. you, know, all those, you know, all those like workspaces now. Exactly. It's like, here's just a place where you can go and write. That sounds I mean, wonderful. Sounds a lot like a library now. Uh, yeah. It works for us. But, mm. but imagine a dedicated writing room where. You actually, I, I reckon if if there were writing rooms and there won't be ever again, there is in my library. Is there a writing mm-hmm. room? Yeah, oh, it's it's. There's about five uh, rooms for quiet work. Oh, okay, yeah, mm. yeah. But I like the idea of a communal one mm. where you sort of walk in and I'm being mental here. This has got no evidence, and there's not. It's just vibes only. Mm. Only good vibes. Um, I imagine walking into a writing room and just feeling like, okay, I'm ready to write. Mm. All, all, all these kinds of writing on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I better exactly. get into it. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's right. Kind of, yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I want that. I want that too, but it'll never happen again. Mm. Can you imagine like rent? Who's going to put, where's the money? You know? Yeah, exactly. It's, there's there's it's no money a, to be made. It, it would have to be like a rich person who had the building who's like, yeah. I just want to, I want to write, donate in, this room yeah, to the community. Creativity, the arts. My question is uh, when Bohemia shut down, there would have been heaps of people outraged, but none of those people would have bought it. You know what I mean? So true. Like that always happens. Whenever always something does. happens, people are always outraged. It's like, what did you do about it? Well, yeah, I didn't watch it. I didn't contribute to it. Uh, I didn't subscribe, but I, well, I wanted it there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, ain't oh, that the truth? Ain't that the truth? I want I've, been, li- I've I want- probably been guilty of that. Oh, me I'd too, say. of course. Yeah. I-, I want a live comedy scene in Australia. Mm. I'm not going to go to any. No. But I want it there. I don't think I don't think 
that's not me, by the way. That's just what some people must do. Oh, right. Yeah, because mm. I was going to be like, I no, I love you spend a lot of time. No, I spend a lot of time in the live comedy scene. I yeah. watch shows as much as I can. I reckon when people I'm in them. really, in my experience, because uh, comedy obviously went kaput during COVID, I feel like people generally, especially, I can only speak to Sydney because that's where I was playing, actually really came out in droves for mm. live comedy after COVID. Yeah. Like I think really pe- people really put their money where their mouth is, but also had been trapped yep. uh, at home, probably had a bit of money to burn because money they potentially would have spent otherwise. Yep. And um, yeah, I feel like there was this boon after COVID where every room was sold out for weeks on end. Do you remember that? It was joyous. Yeah. And now I feel like people are being smashed by the cost of living. Cosy lives. Cosy lives, babe. Mm. And the um, – and mortgages are going mm. up and it just like people can't do what they more, used to do. Yeah, exactly. It sucks shit mm. for live performance. But mm. anyway, mind you, I did a gig last night in um, Oxford Street mm-hmm. in Darlinghurst called mm-hmm. Meraki Arts Bar and it was a gig by um, Nick White and Jess Fuchs mm-hmm. and it was fucking great. It's called um, One for the Ga- the Gays and the Girls. Oh, love it. And it was just a Best night, mm. and it was completely sold out. In fact, I, I would suggest oversold. We mm-hmm. were sitting on the stairs in mm. some parts, um, and so you know things are still happening. Mm. Yeah, I've got a sold out gig tonight. Oh, sick! Like that I'm in. That is not like my own gig. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's still happening. Mm. Um, but I guess people still need to laugh. They do. What, Fuck, I what do. Pithy social observation. From I know, us. right? <laughs> Groundbreaking shit from us here mm. today. Mm. But yeah, so um, the. the you know, I guess the arts has always been fraught in Australia and across mm. the world. You know, mm. there's been a – there will always be, you know, magazines about the arts that collapse mm. and new ones pop up in different f- manifestations. But you, I also wonder, um, not that it's a blame thing, but I'm just like, how was the magazine managed? I wonder. Mm. Also, I mean, I'm, I probably am a bit remiss in it's not really a woman-focused story. Oh, isn't it? I assumed yeah. it, it sounds like the kind of thing that would yeah. be. Like. I mean, you would hope that there would be mm. women writers in there, but mm. I haven't done – like mm. I can't see that. It, that could mm. just be – Well, you've tanked the podcast I'm now. sorry. We need to start again. I'll drop the mic yep. and just walk Don't out. Don't do that. It's, <laughs> oh, it's, it would just drop on the memory foam mat though, so it would probably be quite <laughs> a good time if you dropped it. <laughs> it would probably sound better. <laughs> No, but everything's better on the mat. But that's great. It's very, very close to home uh, for a yeah, arts community that is currently like, what are we doing? Well, yeah, a hundred percent. So with that, I mean, mm. it was a short and sweet, really. But I, I feel it. like it's done the job. Nothing will be shorter than my one-line jokes from last week, <laughs> which I think we can all agree were a huge success. <laughs> it was good. It was good. It was. It's good to see. You know, mm. at least it made us feel funnier. Absolutely. I'm now using all those jokes in my show next. <laughs> The one about invisible stockings. Oh, man. Mm. God. All right. So we'll take a little break Mm. and come back with yours. Get a cakey. For sure. And we're back. And we're back. I had a cakey. Did you you have a cakey? No, a bit of chalky and a a cup of tea. Yeah, I I mean, anything sweet's cakey in my book. Yeah, anything's a cakey if you enjoy it, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Cakey is an attitude. Cakey's a lifestyle. It is. <laughs> it's a vibe. It's an energy. It is. Mm. Exactly. Well, I think I'm up. In mm. fact, I know I'm up. Well, we know this. Yeah, we do know this. But it's, you know, like to keep them guessing. <laughs> we don't really – people are just like listening to this in their car being like, I, I know how this What's works. happening. Yeah, I know how this works. 
Well, I've got some research. Oh, mm. bing, 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 bing. Do, boy, do I ever. Uh, mine's a, a short little opinion piece. Great. Followed by a lot of thoughts from me. So this one is from the Courier Mail uh, from Brisbane. Thursday, the 27th of September, 1934. Back in the pa- 30s. Page 12, anyone who was a fan. <laughs> this, is a, this is an opinion piece uh, from a coward who calls themselves a reader. Uh, they don't identify themselves by name. Okay. And it's called Women and Sport. Oh, here we go. Sir Roy Connolly, the brilliant writer in the Sunday Mail, deserves our thanks for calling all attention to the woman athlete. Without a doubt, over-exercise is bad for the flesh and muscle as it makes the flesh too hard or takes the life out of both muscle and flesh. Tough flesh and muscle are necessary to the prize fighter, but are not good for a woman who may become the mother of children. Don't get fucked. Any, <laughs> any woman can enjoy sport without aiming to become a champion. There is a higher power in motherhood from <laughs> a reader. That's, Fuck off. That's what I have for you. Uh, um, loved it. Got immediately furious. Went to some research. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved the idea of like. Nobody asked. No, firstly, nobody asked. Firstly, nobody fucking asked. <laughs> and so, secondly, secondly, it's like um, hard flesh and muscle are not good for a woman who may become a mother. In what fucking world? Cow. In what world? Yeah. I know. All right. So I'm now going to refer to uh, a uh, a history of women in sport, and I've put this together myself with reference to New York Times, ESPN. Uh, Al Jazeera and, of course, our beloved National Library of Australia. We love them. Uh, and I also wanted to say uh, the reason that I picked this is because the first match of the Women's World Cup is tonight. Oh, good on you. Mm, nice in, tie-in. Yeah. It'll happen- be two weeks late. Yeah, but it's but fine. We're keeping it real. In our mind right now, yeah, it's Yeah, happening working. not very far from where we're yeah. sitting right now mm. um, over at um, wherever it's happening. Over at Homebush, is it? Homebush, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> So here's what I have, because I was just like, I actually don't know mm. much about women's involvement in sport, no. apart from it was probably a bit fraught. And boy, was I correct. Ah. Okay, so the first Olympics were in 1896 in Greece, as we well all know, uh, for, any, for anyone who went to primary school. Um, women were not included, as it was considered that it would be, quote, impractical, uninteresting, unesthetic, and incorrect. <laughs> That's a really good show name, actually. <laughs> impractical, uninteresting, unesthetic, and incorrect. Oh, yeah. That's a great it show is. name if anyone's looking for one. Four years later at the Paris Games, women could compete in a limited range of sports considered dainty and womanlike, such as, have a guess, have a guess what the sports were. Like, considered, <sighs> like, dainty and feminine and appropriate. <sighs> Your mum plays one. Golf. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm. Golf. You know, like you could like be pretty in a skirt. Mm. Also tennis, croquet and sailing. Okay. Mm. Sailing, it's quite a, uh, you know, a, a, a physical. But I wonder if it was sailing or if it was sailing. You know what I mean? Was it sitting on a boat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my kind of sailing. <laughs> it was actually just a yacht. Just sitting there having a champers. <laughs> Exactly. If that's an Olympic sport, boy, oh boy, for women, double gold for us. You've got to, you know, sip the champagne right and wear the right fit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, then in the games that followed, uh, restrictions were slowly relaxed. Now close to 50% of Olympic participants are women. Back at home, right here, women, of course, faced similar restrictions. Sports considered uh, feminine were permitted, like croquet and lawn bowls. Can I just say... Like barefoot bowls was a, like 
sort of had its moment maybe a couple of years back as a drunken birthday activity. Did you ever ex- – and, and like a work Christmas party vibe. Yeah, and I never could no. – I did go once when I had a job in, mm. in a workplace even. Yeah. Uh, there was a Christmas party at a bowling club in mm. Queanbeyan and um, – how was it? I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Were you good? At no, it? I was dread- dreadful. I think that's the fun though. I was I was good at the having a beer bit, but not, exactly. not at the bowling. It's like the champ is on the, on the sailing <laughs> yeah. boat thing. Um, so maybe you could have uh, in the 30s played uh, played lawn bowls competitively. Exactly. Uh, uh, swimming in particular was very restricted for women right up to the early 1900s. They couldn't swim in male company and mm. could only access swimming spots at designated times. We've probably all seen photos, but they had to wear loose-fitting, non-revealing swimsuits from men who considered swimming a provocative activity. Yeah. If you've ever seen me swim, you would know swimming doesn't always have to be a provocative activity, as I think we've previously discussed. Can I tell you? Yeah. Yeah. What? Oh, well, at the weekend, I was in Townsville. Okay. <laughs> and there was a swim-up bar at the hotel. What? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, we were all standing there having cocktails at the swim-up bar. Oh, my God. But this is how unladylike I am. Yeah. I challenged one of them mates <laughs> i think it was dave thornton yeah to a butterfly race <laughs> the most ungainly oh. race you could and you know like it's a quite a narrow pool like people got splashed like, people who were trying to enjoy yes. some drinks like just a quiet cocktail oh bar my God, and were, we're doing butterflies you were like that kid who picks their nose and challenges other kids to a bomb competition like, oh my god! And did you and Dave Thornton do it? Yeah. How was it? Great. Yeah. Yeah. We've literally previously discussed um, butterfly. I think in the episode where we talked about sharks, and I just look like I'm drowning. So who won? Did you? Did you win? Well, I think I went further, but he was faster, so he won. Well, he didn't. Doesn't a race have an endpoint? Well, no. Did we you just keep swimming. We out just into went the ocean? to see who can go the furthest. Yeah. Oh, right. I think that was what. They, anyway, that in my head, I won. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Did you get thrown out of the pool? I did get some funny looks. I absolutely would have been the person with the Aperol spritz and the white teeth being like, how undignified. <laughs> it was undignified. With like a big hat. And then, you know, just to make, mm. just to add insult to injury, guess mm. what happened when I got out of the pool? Oh, like your swimming top came down or No. Uh, what? I, I slipped over. Oh, did you hurt yeah, yourself? Yeah, I was okay. Okay. You're so clumsy. That's one but of your main characters. When traits. I went to sleep that night, my toe hurt. <laughs> This is why this is why people listen to our podcast for this level of excruciating detail. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say that you um challenged someone to a competition with a drink. No. Because that would interest me trying to do freestyle but keep your Aperol spritz. Oh full yeah, that's interesting. The whole time. Next time. There's yeah. always next time. I'll be there next time. Okay. Um around nineteen hundred the first women's sports club were formed, starting with, of course. Golf. Yes. And? <gasps> you – croquet. Yes. Bowls. Bowls. I don't know. Mm. You have no idea how exactly on the money this topic is for, for my pants moment this week. Okay. I'm obsessed. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, but by the 30s, uh, the, the women's sports clubs expanded to athletics. Then in the 70s, co-ed clubs begin to form. Boo. I say keep the men out, honestly. <laughs> Dead weight. Um <clears throat> 
and then onwards. However, it's obviously far from solved. Media coverage, sponsorship and funding still has a lot of catching up to do. Up until recently, female athletes in sports like AFL, cricket and soccer were considered semi-professional, but now uh, sports have professional women's leagues where athletes can make, and you won't believe this, an actual living wage. Um, Landmark deals to close the uh, pay gap between men's and women's professional sports have been signed by teams in the past couple of years, as have more humane maternity leave and accommodations to work and travel with kids more lucrative broadcast deals and i learnt uh it seems obvious but it wasn't obvious to me uh that broadcast deals play a massive role because they determine what the fans see and what the fans don't see okay so these deals meant the fans could actually watch the games and these deals made massive differences uh making household names like elise perry and sam kerr what are you reading from this i wrote this like you wrote this yeah what the fuck? Like I researched it and then you've written a fucking PhD. Yeah, thank you. Almost done. <laughs> <laughs> I literally wrote this. Um, speaking of soccer, and I don't know whether I'm supposed to call it soccer or football. In Australia, I believe we call it soccer. Don't I we? think I think it's the women's. It is. Oh, no, it's, women, it's not soccer, women, okay. soccer World Cup. WSL is it? I, I will, yes. Mm. I feel like FL sounds. Is it football? Mm. Anyway, who cares? They know. We're talking, referring to soccer or football, as you may call it. Um, uh, Has a patchy history in Australia. Women were banned for playing in the 20s because the English uh, Soccer League or whatever it's called decided that women um, shouldn't play soccer. And so people here were like, all right, well, we'll do that too then. Oh, wow. Um, But then a hero called Pat O'Connor, who emigrated here in 1963, championed a national league. So states played each other. They all travelled around. And then eventually it evolved and evolved until the Women's Soccer Association was formed in 1974. Uh, and then tonight, uh, Sam Kerr will lead the Matildas in front of 80,000 fans. Oh, great story. I, I feel you. Honestly, I feel like I need to do this. <laughs> that was just so beautifully wrapped up. Oh. Nice yeah. work. Thank you. Jesus uh, Christ, you've set the bar high. I'll be honest with you. I'm not a sport. I didn't play sport as a kid. But I do Me either, think, really. I do think, not to be like try it, but uh, when kids can have sporting heroes, I think it makes the sport more accessible for them. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, totally. When I was a kid, I can't think of a single like athlete. Mm. Like the, obviously Kathy Freeman was huge because of the 2000 Olympics, but I can't think of like a number of athletes that people looked up to that were um, – not male athletes. Oh, right. You know. In my generation, I think we looked up to like Dawn Fraser. Oh, yeah. Who's been cancelled, I think. Yeah. Um, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we should say that as a, um, as a disclaimer after every single famous person we mention. <laughs> so then if they do get cancelled in the future, yeah. they'll be like, oh, we covered ourselves. <laughs> um, but when I was growing up, I was into gymnastics and there were so many. Wait. Yeah. What? Really? Of course, yeah. I was massively. I was a big gym nerd. Oh, I fucking love! I don't it. think you can be a gym nerd. I, think I was so into it. I got books and I would read them. Olga Corbett, you oh. know Nadia Comaneci. Well, that was literally my question. I was yeah. like, what was your what was your sporting like oh. situation growing up? So, Jim, you're talking like Mary Lou Retton, America. <laughs> Yeah, oh I just God, all these amazing. names are coming back to me. So hang on, when you say gym, uh, are we talking like lead, like Simone gymnastics artist? Yes, yes. Who came up a million times yep, during yep, this yep. research? Obviously, she's like extraordinary. The most famous athlete, exquisite. Uh-huh. But like, are you talking that sort of? Yes. Oh, wow. artistic gymnastics. So yes, you did that. Yeah, you did the bars, the mm-hmm, vault, mm-hmm. the it, to a very basic level, like level seven. I got up to. I've never done a handstand. I think the highest I got to was doing a backflip on the beam. Whoa. And it scared the shit out of me. Oh my god! And I think that I quit very soon thereafter. Yeah, right. And also, just my body shape was wrong. But mm. um, 
God, I love gym. It was the best. Oh my God. I, I, can, I loved didn't it. know that about you. Yeah. I was obsessed with it. I did it three times a week, three hours each time. So like, what is that? Nine, sometimes 12 hours a week I would do gymnastics. Was there a, did you hit that? Cause I had some friends who were gymnasts and I know, I remember when they hit like 10, that was when you get to the, am I going to do this professionally conversation? Oh, did you ever? No, I was never going to be mm. professional like, because I just didn't have the right body. Mm-hmm. But I loved it. I just had the passion for mm. it. So um, I just kept doing it to keep fit and because I adored it. Mm. And you be, and you make mates, out, and that's sports for you, mm. isn't it? Like you make friends outside of your own school, which is mm. such a good thing when you're a teenager. Absolutely. You know, just get the fuck away from your mates yeah. and make new ones so that you can test whether you're normal. <laughs> was your gym in a weird like industrial park? lot yeah, yeah. yeah industrial like where pretty much it was be. you know like a, a like a office city yep. city block kind of mm. thing oh my god mm. so you did gym was there anything else I did um tennis okay I used to do summer, summer tennis camp and uh, penance during the so week I would describe you as a sporty kid not really not really mm. I mean I I probably I did those two things mm. and I was pretty good at swimming but that was it that's three I I'm sorry I'm clapping <laughs> Sports. Well, it's all fallen by the wayside. So there's no point even talking you about walk, it. You walk a lot now. I it's like so to walk. Um, I haven't been known to break into a little shuffle. I love um, that. And I go to the gymnasium when mm. I force myself to because I just feel guilty about paying mm. the money. Mm. Um, that is such a good story, Sarah. Thank you. Should we go to the pants moments? Well, I was just going to say that mm. I played tennis as a kid. Oh, <laughs> we really ought to have a game of tennis this I summer. Think so. I love tennis. I, I do too. I'm not saying I'm good at it. Me I played either. It. I got coaching from, I want to say, when I was maybe like eight to yep. when I was maybe 14, yep. just because it was fun. But Same. I just remember there was one particular school comp where we had a really strong boys' side and the girls' side, I was the best player and I was not very good. Mm. And so I was matched up against these gun players from other schools and I just I didn't get a single point. Yeah. It was so dis- – and I'm just like, I shouldn't be in this yeah, situation because yeah, I'm tough. not good enough. That's tough. Um, but it was a really fun and it's so much fun to play socially. I One agree. of my favourite days is when, you know, when you have like friends of friends who have a tennis court in a pool or whatever mm. where you go to their houses and you like swim and like have some drinks and then you just play barefoot tennis. Yeah. It's so much fun. Right. I yeah. always will have shoes on. Okay. Um, I I do like to have a good hit. My brother's so much better than me and I love playing against him because when you play a better player, you play better. We should absolutely have a hit of tennis. Let's do it. I would love to. We can uh, podcast from the tennis court. Oh, my God. Let's do it side of People are like, we don't want to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) There is no – literally no one asked. Mm. Uh, That is cool as. Mm. Mm. So that's my little story. Great story. We'll know next time how the – how we went in the World Cup in in, in tonight's game. True. Uh, And I think – yeah, I think it's this is this particular event is absolutely like a game changer. Okay, as it were. For, okay, um, for Australian. Ah, uh, there you are, and there you have it. Soccer. It's a wonderful segue to my pants moment, yes. which is not my pants moment. I'm going to give it to my mum. Mm-hmm. I had a chat to Wendy this week. Mm-hmm. Actually, what happened was mum rang me in a rage. Ooh. And uh, I was out and I said, I can't really deal with this right now. So I called her back yesterday. And what's happened is this. My mum is quite a radical woman, mm-hmm. it turns out. For someone that looks on the outside completely conservative, mm-hmm. quite wild on the inside and will take the fight up to the man, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So mum is a member of a, of a golf club in Canberra. I'm not going to say the name of the club. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I did ask her permission to talk about this. She has been known in the past, and I have done a little animation of this, um, to, to take this fight up to the club, which mm-hmm. was there wasn't a toilet for the women on the um, green on the on the field or whatever it's called. So the what golf are they course. supposed to just piss on the grass? Oh, they're supposed to just fucking hold on. Okay. And yeah, most of them were going behind bushes and stuff. So, um, <laughs> Mum, like you know, 
wrote to them and they're like, oh, no, we're redeveloping the golf course and stuff. It just – eventually it'll happen and mum's like, not in my lifetime, it won't. Anyway, so that was one fight a while ago. Mum rang me because very recently after spending two hours, she told me, in the Adidas shop, bought herself a really sleek Adidas tracksuit, a black one with the white stripes, right? Yep. She looks like an Eshe. I've seen her in it. <laughs> She took a long time deciding which tr- perfect tracksuit mm-hmm. to get and she got it right, mm-hmm. matching top and bottom. I mean, she's basically Daniel Muggleton right That's now. what I was just thinking, yeah. yeah. So mum wore it the other day playing golf. Mm-hmm. That afternoon when she was in the clubhouse, she gets a tap on the shoulder from the club captain. His name's like John? No, it's a woman. Oh. And the female captain yeah. um, says to her, Wendy, I – I uh, wanted to take you aside and, look, I don't want you to be upset. I don't want you to get upset. Now, anyone that starts a sentence with, I don't want you to get upset, is going to upset you. And so she goes, I don't want you to be upset, but a few of the ladies, and they call themselves ladies, Mm. have noticed that you're wearing uh, a tracksuit, which is, it's not allowed on the course. It's stated very clearly in the rules. Now, mum rang me furious because she's like, this tracksuit costs like over $100. It's a really good brand new, like stylish tracksuit. Mm-hmm. And there are, and mum said to me, there are women out there in bloody short skirts and rubbish tights that look dreadful on them. And, and <laughs> <laughs> and, Did and she, listen to the podcast, by the way? No, of course not. Okay, great. Um, but she sent me this text. Uh, the, and, and with apropos of nothing, mum just sends me like links to things because she wanted me to help write a letter, like an email. Mm. Like yep. she, she said, I want to bloody fight the rule. I want to change it. I, and I was like. I mean, mm. it's fair. Oh, my God. Like, but seriously. To golf too. Um, so <laughs> Wendy Ryan, and she sent me just the the rules Oh, and I and look, I will just read out the exact bit. I really want to hear them. Hang on. So, what is this? This is the rules of what women can and can't wear yeah. at this particular. And this golf is the club. this is under the not permitted column. Here we it go. says athletic slash sports style pants with stripes, etc. Camouflage colors, tracksuit pants, drawstring style or elastic weight shorts or pants. That's uh, basically ever, all athletic wear. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up in the pants moment section mm-hmm. is because Mum was telling me all this. And she goes, and do you know what I feel like doing on Sunday when I go back? I said, what? She said, I feel like wearing the pants. <gasps> and I went, Mum, do you know I literally have a podcast called Wearing the Chris and Sarah Wear the Pants? Yeah. She went, oh, yes, yes. She, and she had, <laughs> I said, could I say it? And she went, oh, yes. Wait, and so that's this that's, coming. I think this coming Sunday it, is the showdown. I think it is. So a showdown. next time we record, we will not only have an update about the women's World Cup, but more importantly, we will have an update about Wendy's pants. Absolutely. War. I know. Wait. So is she going to write a letter? I don't know. She was chickening out by the end of the phone call, but I did say to her, "If you want to draft it, I'll I'll go through it and help you." And I can punch, punch it, it up. up. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, Anyway, it remains to be seen. I wonder if that actually breaks laws because you can't actually – like I know, there are some right? pretty hefty – It's pretty – I mean, look, she is dressed like an eshe and I think that's what they're trying to keep off the course. <laughs> <laughs> she just needs one of those side bags that looks yeah. like a drug dealer. No, she needs a side bag and a dory. <laughs> and some wraparound like reflective sunnies. <laughs> 
fucking hilarious. Uh, was she tagging the course though? <laughs> like, with, with graffiti? Was she just graffitiing like dicks on the side of the golf <laughs> I would fucking love to see it. Oh my god! So that's Wendy Ryan. Oh my um, god. The best. Uh, That's such a good pants moment. Isn't it? Yeah. So I want to know whether she wears the pants or not. Yeah. Mm. I think that's that's her pants moment. Like, that's and you know what she said? Yeah. If, if she does, she, she said, and if I do – and if they get cross, they can get the bloody police to take me off. I said, Mum, can you get someone to film that if that happens? She went, well, it'll be the golf police, not the real police. <laughs> It'll just be two old ladies going, Wendy, and she'll be like, I'm not getting off. You'll have to drag me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just picturing. I know. I'm just picturing two like 65 year old women frog marching Wendy off. (laughs) No, but in a golf cart that they've they've attached sirens to, (laughs) and then they they pull up they pull up next to her at whatever like part of the course she's on, and he's like, "Can we please see some uh, license and registration? (laughs) Registration ID." Wendy's like, "What the fuck?" But as an essay, she could just leg it across the golf course. Oh, she also told me that she wants to ask my child. Um, to make placards and get their friends and all of them to come mm-hmm. and protest about the pants um, on the course. I went, what do you, I don't like your chances of that. I think that's an easy win in the local media, though. <laughs> like, to be like, hey. Hysterical. Could you imagine a photo taken from ground level up at a real hero of shot Wendy of Wendy Ryan? A gang sign. Yeah, in the fucking Adidas tracksuit from top to bottom, just mm-hmm. looking real cross? Yeah. I'd fucking love to see that. But also, can I just say. The, the kind of, like, you can picture the the club president that took her aside and was like, oh, just so you know, we just don't allow that. Like, there's one of those in every movie mm. and they always end up, like, losing in the end. Yeah. Dying yeah. or losing, whichever yeah. one comes I f- first. It's almost like that cheer, um, like, I can see it almost like a cheerleader type movie. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Someone gets w- disqualified. Wendy will get a ragtag gang to support her. <laughs> And then there'll be like um, there'll be like a talent show, the likes of which the town has never seen before at the golf club, where Wendy Wendy will... starts singing Copacabana. Yeah, but like Wendy raises money oh to like change the signs around uh, the club, so it's like amazing. wear whatever you want, just play good golf. Yeah, just stop being bitches. Hey, yeah, exactly. Oh, it's just. Oh, that is such a good pen. Right? I, I can't. I can't top that. <laughs> Sorry, I literally can't top that. That's an incredible pen's moment. But I think. Our listeners, and by our listeners, I mean me, will really want to know the outcome of A report, this. okay. Mm. I also want to give a report next week as to how my, uh, or whenever we do this next, mm. um, how my Newcastle filming went because we're, yes. we're looking good. So hopefully that I will have been. I think that's a future a, pants moment. I think that's a future pants moment. Absolutely. Mm. Oh, my God. Um, I think that's, that's about, about it. That's about the size. What, that's about the size of it. I always <laughs> forget what it is. Um, great. Fun times. Fun times and classic hits. Good luck to uh, everyone playing the World Cup. Uh, I know they all listen, obviously. Yeah, of um, course. Big fans. Mm, big um, fans. And uh, big thanks also to the YWCA, I'm going to say. What does that stand for? Young Women's Christians Association. But I don't think it really matters about that bit. It's a feminist organisation mm-hmm. um, in Newcastle that helped me well help promote my show which mm. i think because i asked them to which was very nice of them. great yeah and i'm emceeing a ywca event in canberra soon cool about women in leadership and non-binary people great. so yeah go go feminist organizations we're with you lots going on and mm. most importantly go wendy ryan this weekend at the golf club can't wait we're all behind you we can't wait to hear so about excited. it wear the pants absolutely wear the goddamn pants. <laughs> all right that's us well, until next time bye bye we love you
<laughs> it gets longer every time. Bye. Thanks for listening. This episode was mastered by Tim Duck at Verse Productions. Music by Yosef K and artwork by Century Comedy. Our podcast is hosted on Acast. Articles are sourced online through Trove at the National Library of Australia. Sources are listed in the episode notes. Send your pants moments, article suggestions or miscellaneous thoughts to chrisandsarahweatherpants at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at chrisandsarahweatherpants or on our own accounts at Christine Ryan Comedy or... Empire of Gaul, G-A-U-L. Thanks.